You saw him on YouTube. You saw him on America's Got Talent. Now, for one night only, you can see him live on stage. Illusionist Dan Sperry will defy reality with a shocking performance sure to leave you on the edge of your seat. Will you survive? Foggy Jack Live is part of the Angry Bookworm Radio Network. Visit theangrybookworm.com for more shows like this one. Foggy Jack Live is a Patreon-supported podcast. We have no new patrons this week. Please join the club, and we will mention you in the show. Plus, you'll be part of the best Halloween club known to man. So, please subscribe today. The Foggy Jack Live Podcast supports Haunters Against Hate, because hate is the scariest thing of all. We also support The Trevor Project, saving young LGBTQ lives. Please, if you feel that you need to talk to someone and that you need help, please don't hesitate to contact The Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. Once again, that's one 1- 866-488-7386 or you can call the U.S. National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 please reach out to them if you need help or if you just need someone to talk to you are loved and you are cared for here at the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Today, we're talking Skinwalker Ranch, so stay tuned. Skinwalker Ranch, located in the Uinta Basin in northern Utah, northeastern Utah, the Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch and the UFO Ranch, is filled with mysteries and, myth- and myths, including UFOs, aliens, cattle mutilation, crop circles, and Navajo witches called Skinwalkers. And the 
480-acre ranch is located about three and a half miles southwest of Fort, Fort Duchesne, Utah, and borders the Ute Indian Reservation. The Uinta Valley Reservation was created for the Utes in October 1861 by ex executive order of President Abraham Lincoln. The Uncomprehensive Reservation, commonly called the O'Reilly Reservation, was created in January 1882, and in 1886 the two reservations were merged to become the Uinta and O'Reilly Reservation. For more than 150 years, the Utes have lived here on the reservation that covers 4.5 million acres. The Native Americans have long said that the bordering ranch is on the path of the Skinwalker, and for that reason, have long been forbidden to go near the property. The Skinwalker is a malevolent, shape-shifting witch of the Navajo people, which the Ute people take very seriously, which we know because we've talked about skinwalkers before in the pumpkin patch. Before the Utes moved to the reservation, they were a fierce and warlike people who lived primarily in Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. At one time, the Ute and Navajo fought together against their common enemies. However, later, later when the Ute first acquired horses from the Spanish, they began to abduct Navajo people and sold them in New Mexico in the New Mexico slave market. Later during the Civil War, some Ute bands took jo joined with Kit Carson in a military campaign against the Navajo. This ended in the Navajo this ended in the Navajo being expelled from their land and forced to march to a reservation in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, called the Long Walk of the Navajo. Though the tribe was allowed to return to their homeland in the Four Corners area, several years later, the Utes believed that the Navajos put a curse on the Ute tribe for their previous transgressions. Afterward, the skinwalkers began to plague the Ute people. The Ute believe the skinwalker presence in the Uinta Basin extends back to at least 15 generations. They don't believe that the skinwalkers live on the ranch, but rather hide out in a place called Dark Canyon, which is located nearby. According to reports, skinwalkers have been seen in the area by the, Ute, by the Ute numerous times. The witches have been spied near the ranch um, on the road to Fort Duchesne and on various areas of the reservation. One account describes them as looking like humans with dog heads smoking cigarettes. Others describe them as large, black, hairy humanoid figures that are very fast. They are also described as having unusually large coal-red eyes. Others have said that they have seen them taking pictures of very large tracks which skinwalkers are said to leave. The ranch which takes its name from the shape-shifting witches, um, which was first homesteaded by the Myers family in 1905 and first consisted for a few um, small buildings on the northwest corner of the ranch and the foot of Skinwalker Ridge. Later, later, the original homestead was abandoned, and the Myers established a new home on the eastern side of the ranch. By the 1930s, it was accompanied by, it was occupied by Kenneth John Myers and his wife, wife Edith. They stayed on the property until 1987. During their occupancy, they made no reports of any strange occurrences, though some of their neighbors did.
In the meantime, other unusual events began to occur in the Uinta Basin in the 1950s. Numerous reports of unidentified flying objects, UFOs, These continu- this continued throughout the next several decades. Interestingly, these were not the first reports of strange aircraft in the sky. The earliest mentioned date from, from the late 1700s, when Spanish explorers in search of the Spanish Trail passed through the Uinta Basin and reported seeing craft in the sky over their campfires at night. The UFO reports numerous the UFO report reports numbered in the hundreds, including strange fireballs and aircraft that ranged in sizes from 20 to 30 feet across to a, as large as the size of a football field. They were described Various, variously as round, oval, cigar-shaped, or triangular. Some were surrounded by a glowing green light, others emitted wavy red beams, and others appeared to shoot colored lights from their underbellies. By the 1970s, a Utah, a Utah Highway Patrol was getting so many UFO calls that the troopers stopped filing out incident reports. At the same time, local ranchers began to report, report bizarre cattle mutilation. A retired scientist, science teacher named Joseph Jr. Hicks from Roosevelt, Utah, investigated more than 400 UFO sightings in the Uinta Basin. He found that the UFO appearances often coincide with the cattle mutilation. Over the years, many of the eyewitnesses saw living beings in the windows or portholes of UFOs. Um, after the Myers vacated the ranch in 1870. 1987, sorry. It stood empty for seven years before it was purchased by Terry and Gwen Sherman in 1994. Um, The couple moved in with their two children and livestock. They were surprised to find that the previous owners had placed deadbolt locks in the windows and on all the doors and windows, including those inside the house. Some, Some of these deadbolts on the both of the inside and the outside of the house. Even the kitchen cabinets had bolts on them. And at both ends of the house, iron stakes and heavy chains had been installed, which Sherman guessed were used by previous tenants for large guard dogs. The very day they took possession, the family spotted a large coyote or a wolf in the in one of their pastures, which soon approached, Making it way, making its way to a livestock pen, it then grabbed a calf by the nose, trying to drag it through the uh, corral barriers. Terry Sherman and his father then began to beat the animal to make it release the calf, but was unsuc- but were unsuccessful. When that failed, Sherman shot the animal with a uh, .357 Magnum at point blank range, but still the wolf held on to the calf. Another after another shot, it released the calf and just stood there, calmly looking at the men. After a few more shots, the animal trotted off. Amazingly, there was no blood or sign of injury in the animal. The men then fa- followed the tracks of the animal for about a mile before they suddenly ended as if it simply vanished. This was just the first foreshadowing of the events that would follow. A few weeks later, when Gwen Sherman was in her car, um, she encountered a wolf that was so large its back was parallel with the top of the windows. The large wolf was accompanied by a dog-like animal that she couldn't identify. Over the next two years, the Shermans, as well as their neighbors, reported seeing a number of strange animals in the area. 
These include exotic, multicolored birds not native to the region and tall, dark beasts that resemble Bigfoot or Sasquatch. On one occasion, the Shermans saw a strange hyena-like creature attacking one of their horses, which they described as a low-to-the-ground, heavily musculed, weighing about 200 pounds, with curly red hair and a bushy tail. As Mr. Sherman approached the animal, it vanished before his eyes. Afterward, they checked the horse and found numerous claw marks on its legs. A few months later, a neighbor reported seeing a similar beast running across their property. The Shermans, like their neighbors, also saw strange lights and flying objects, including more than a dozen on one evening. On many of these occasions that they spied these UFOs, they also experienced the death or disappearance of seven or of seven of their best cows. Four disappeared without a trace, and three more were found dead and part, part, partially mutilated. One of the dead cows had a particular hole in the center of its left eyeball, but was otherwise untouched. Another was found with a similar hole in its left eye and about a six-inch hole, about an inch deep, that had been carved into its rectum. The last cow to be killed and mutilated had been seen alive by the Sherman son just five minutes earlier. It had a six-inch wide, 18-inch deep hole cord out of its rectum that extended into the body cavity. In all these three cases, there were no trace of blood found, no chemical orders was apparent, and no evidence of predators, footprints, or tire tracks. Of all the cattle of the cattle that disappeared, one seemed to have been magically lifted from the snow. Its hoof prints led into a field and then just simply stopped. The ground was littered with broken twigs and branches, and the top of the trees appeared to have been cut off. Other strange events were also happening during these years. Pastures would unexplainably light up at night. The sound of heavy machinery could be heard that seemed to be operating under the earth. Poltergeist types of activities which occurred, such as items disappearing only to reappear at later times, the strange disembodied voices, often speaking in an unfamiliar language, were heard from above. Crop circles of flattened grass were found on the ranch. For a long time, we wondered what we would we were seeing if it was something to do with the top secret project. I don't know really what to think about it, said Terry Sherman. The final, the final straw occurred one evening in May 1996 when Sherman was outside with three of his dogs. When he noticed a blue orb darting around in the field near the ranch, near the ranch house, he urged his dogs to go after it. The dogs chased and barked the orb and barked at the orb as they followed it into some thick brush. Sherman heard them make three terrible yelps, and when he called for them, they didn't respond. The next morning, when he went when he went to look for the dogs, he found only three round, greasy lumps that, um, sorry. I might edit this out later. Probably not, though. Laptop's about to die. Um, they found three large, greasy lumps that with what appeared to be a scorch spot. The dogs were never seen again. After two years of these terrifying events, the family began to publicly speak out. The first claim about the, sh 
The first claim about these strange claims about unusual events at the ranch first appeared in the Salt Lake City, Utah Deseret News, and later in the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury as a series of articles by journalist George Knapp. Um, there's another experience that I that I didn't put in here. Um, was one time, I'm pretty sure it was the Shermans that were out in their um, in their yard. And you know the predator from Alien? Yeah, that thing showed up in their yard. Um, <laughs> that would be my final straw. If I saw the predator roaming my pasture and then all of a sudden just disappears, like it was, it's, it was completely out of the movie. Like it was copy and paste, basically. Um, that is when I would have left. <laughs> um, so George Knapp and co-author Colum Colum Kelher subsequently authored a book in which they detailed the early investigations of alleged UFO sightings in Uinta County region. The vanishing and mutilation and excuse me, and mutilated cattle, large animals with piercing red eyes that were not injured when struck by bullets, invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic forces, crop circles, Bigfoot-like creatures, and poltergeist activity, and the predator. Um, <laughs> The Shermans planned to sell the property, however, before they got the chance, Robert Bigelow, a billionaire businessman, a believer in UFOlogy, I didn't even know that was a word, <laughs> UFOlogy, and founder of the National Institute of Discovery Science, offered to buy the property after he read about the events in the newspaper. Bigelow bought the ranch for $200,000, contingent on a non-disclosure agreement with the Shermans, who agreed not to talk further about the events on the ranch. He then began to establish a compound with a high-tech sensing equipment, PhD-level field investigators, scientists, and a security detail which guarded the property 24, 24 hours a day. The investigators were tasked with collecting evidence, interviewing witnesses, and searching for explanations. Its purpose was the research and advanced the study of various fringe science and paranormal topics, which include UFO and cattle mutilation. With little apparent success, the National Institute of Discovery Science was disbanded in 2004. However, the, U the organization was quickly replaced by the Bigelow Airspace, Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, um, which had which was had more secret which was more secretive and was apparently working toward having a government sponsor in 2007 the advanced aviation threat identification program was a secret investigatory effort funded by the United States Defense Department to study unidentified flying objects primarily on Skinwalker Ranch Harry Reid sent $22 million to Robert Bigelow for UFO study, Fox News clip says. Um, and then next several years, $22 million were spent on the program, which investigated reports of unified identi unidentified flying objects and was run by a military intelligence official, Luis Alonso, from the Pentagon. The shadowy program was largely funded by at the request of Harry Reid, the Nevada Democrat, who was a who was a Senate Majority Leader at the time, and who had, had 
who has had long has had a long interest in space phenomena. He was also a longtime friend of Robert Bigelow. Um, the information, however, was not pu publicly known at this time until it was released by the New York Times in 2017. Today, part of the study remains classified and the Department of Defense has never officially acknowledged the existence of the program, but interestingly, it does admit that the program was shut down in 2012. Um, the year the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Study Science Space Studies lost its funding from the Department of Defense um, as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program contract expired and was not renewed. Um, this was the pri this was primarily due to Luis Elizondo ex explanation explanation that officials feared that the public might learn about the program and see it as a mis appropriation of taxpayer funds. In the meantime, the ranch was sold for a rumored amount of $4.5 million in 2016 to um, Admutatum Holdings. Bigelow's company then disbanded its security team, but it was quickly replaced by the owners. The same year, that same year, the Hicken Ranch Road, a Uinta County public road, was bisected was bisected, the Skinwalker Ranch was illegally gated. Later that year, a representative of, of ranch owner administrative real estate approached the county for the road vocation, claiming rampant trespassing issues led the owners to make the road private. The request was granted. There is no access to the property today, and the gates block the entrance with large warning signs. In 2018, the real estate company was issued a trademark for the name Skinwalker Ranch. Um, so there is our story on the Skinwalker Ranch here in Utah. Um, one of these days I'll get out to there just to see since I know where it's at. Might as well go. It's only like a two-hour drive from where I live, so it's not that bad. Um, it'd be fun just to go see you know, where it is. I know I can't go to it. But just to see where it is. And you, I'm pretty sure you can go to the canyons. Um, let's see. What did they call it? They called it like the dark. Oh, called Dark Canyon. I'm pretty sure you can go up in there too. So um, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week on Foggy Jack Live. Hey, what's up, folks? I'm Shock Illusionist Dan Sperry, the anti-conjurer, coming in from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you're listening to the Froggy Jack Podcast. Tell all your little friends about it. And... Uh... I don't know. I, I grew up in Minnesota, and uh, now I live in Las Vegas, but I've lived in Chicago for a number of years, lived in Manhattan for a number of years, uh, did my shows down around there and, and, and toured everywhere. Uh, yeah, uh, Broadway, Europe, uh, North America, South America, parts of Asia, Australia. I don't know, kind of, kind of been everywhere, you know, booked and blessed to be able to say uh, bet all over. Awesome, awesome. Um, all right. So, for, for people that don't, can you describe it in three words? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'll try. <laughs> um, uh, or as many as you want. That's okay. Yeah, man, it's uh, that's tough. And also, like, to, I mean, I don't know, that's a tough one, too, just to, just to try to, to, to describe it even a few words. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. It's just, um, it's, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I call, I call myself uh, shock illusionist is the, is the little phrase that I coined, you know, for myself and whatnot. So it's, uh, you know, magic tricks, illusions, whatever people want to call it. I don't really care either way how people label it, but, um, with, with, uh, with the influence and infusion of, um, pretty much, uh, you know, punk and horror, uh, elements that uh that have influenced it with twists and and uh, other yeah like twists and, and and changes to what what maybe is more traditional uh ideas and themes and stories plots whatever uh, in in magic awesome awesome um so now you're doing because of all this covid stuff you're doing a, a virtual show right yeah, yeah, I've done some virtual shows and then uh, also uh, started doing my um, my live uh, my live chat show, which is something I used to do a long time ago, like ten years ago, the um, back when it was like uh, you know those those old uh, embeddable chats. I can't remember what those programs were called, but uh, but now that you can go live on you know Facebook and Twitch and YouTube and all these other platforms, I, I just now in the in the quarantine. Uh, decided to bring bring those uh, chat shows back again. So I've been, yeah, pretty much passing the time doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a while ago, but I remember you were on one. I think it was on YouTube, and I was I made a comment, and then you commented about it and it was cool. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. yeah that's cool it was awesome <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think yeah yeah i remember i remember seeing you on america you began it was america's got talent yeah um, yeah that was like my first uh my first real, uh, I mean, I'd done some TV spots before, you know, but that, that one was like the first one to really, uh, push me out there, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, for you, what is the best part of magic? Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's really, it's like getting to, uh, vicariously live through the audience and and getting to see their reactions and you know looks of of like amazement and uh seeing people not not be not not because it's for me but for uh, and not that not saying they're re seeing them react to something i did but seeing them react to something they can't explain and and see them react to a magic trick, you know, the, the impossible, they just saw something impossible happen. And, and as a magician, you know, I, it's, it's, it gets more and more difficult to find that feeling again. It's like the matrix. Once you cross over, you can't really go back. So I love to, to, like I said, almost just like vicariously live through the audience and seeing their experience and, and, and their reaction and all that because it it's it's really fun you know it's fun to see that yeah yeah i yeah i i, I did a little magic 
back a while ago. Don't do it anymore. But like, it's the audience. They feel. Yeah, but but you're you're still uh, like uh, uh, an enthusiast or whatever. Maybe you could say, or uh, you know, you, you still appreciate it. You you know what it's like. Yeah. 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 I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have a, a new show, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been uh, working on uh, for the past couple months, even before the the quarantine. Been working on some new stuff uh, to to, uh, to put back out on tour, a different kind of show uh, idea, not one that's such a. You know, my last couple tours that I've done mostly are in Germany and Europe is where I, I tour most heavily with with my bigger show, you know, my bigger theatrical show um, and uh, kind of want, wanted to make it uh, sort of sort of dial it back a bit, not make it so uh, overly flashy and, and whatever. And, and, and make it kind of more uh, I don't want to say streamlined, but it's it's kind of more now. Uh, thematically based around like supernatural things and uh, uh, witchcraft and sorcery and uh, um, hexes and and uh, urban legends, you know, things like, you know, Bloody Mary and uh, as light as a feather, stiff as a board, you know, some of those old slumber party urban legend things that people say they've tried or whatever, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is your 20 more in Germany? Uh, well, it, uh, it starts not until the fall of 2021. So there, there's some time, some tickets are already starting to go on sale yeah. now, but, uh, but there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty of time. So if you want, if whoever's listening to this, that's not in Germany. If you want to start saving up to buy a ticket, I hear flights are really cheap right now. Yeah, I think I think they are pretty cheap seeing everything going on. <laughs> yeah. So you said you're big in Germany. Why do you think the Germans have like flocked to you? Um, I mean, I, I did a lot of TV in Germany and, uh, and I can speak some German, you know, like I can, I can get by if I have to, you know, I can, I'm not, I'm by no means okay. fluent, you know, but, uh, yeah. But I also have uh, like a crossover fan base, friends of mine that are in industrial bands and stuff like that, that are really big there. Um, we have we have almost like cross pollination through social media, you know, accounts and things like that, where uh, we have similar uh, similar fan base. And so uh, so that has helped, you know, with the cross pollinization and, and, and things like that. Gotcha. Well, that's. <laughs> um so you have a very unique style <laughs> to say the least where where sure. did you like get your inspiration for your style or like who did you like yeah uh i mean really i was i was really uh influenced by bands like uh you know alice cooper and misfits you know, bands like this, these these kind of performers and and, and, and horror movies and and such. So, uh, and, and when I was younger, my friends and I were making horror movies in the backyard with you know home video cameras and stuff. You know, um, 
Yeah. And uh, and so uh, I, w I was way into that as as well as magic. But I, um, you know, when I was younger and before magic, I, I, I toned it back, you know, made it a much more reserved and, and traditional style. And it wasn't until my mid teens did I start to feel comfortable to sort of let that go into into my performances. And I can I could I, I was more. I, became, I was able to be, and I chose to be more of myself and who I really am, you know, uh, off stage in my onstage performances. And, and that's when things also really kind of started to, to change, I guess you could say, and, uh, and, and, and pick up and stuff like that, you know. So uh, really those, those kind of bands and those gotcha. movies, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... All right. Here's a question for you. If um, sure. if you could work with any magician, past or present, who would it be? Oh man, <laughs> that's a tough one. Jeez, uh, man. Let me think. You know, there's a guy. There was an old guy. I mean, he's he's long dead now, so he's one of the dead guys. But um, he was uh, a guy that was. Uh, his name was Guy Jarrett. He was a really famous illusion designer uh, way back in the days of, uh, of Thurston and, and, and such, right? And so uh, a very, very famous uh, illusion designer creator. He's a bit of a performer himself, but, um, but he, he was infamous and notorious for being almost like a mad genius kind of guy. And he just seemed, he seemed like he could be either uh, really cool or a nightmare uh, to work with. And, and I, um, I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I, I would have loved to have known him. And uh, maybe had a drink with him and, and talk magic and just let him let him sound off, you know. Okay. Um. You have you have bird routine. How long did it take you to get to where you are now with your routine? Ooh, just the bird routine. Boy. Yeah. Uh, just that one alone I've been really working on since I was maybe 14, I'd say 14. So about, uh, you know, about 10 years, but a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite trick to perform on, on stage? Man. Okay. Another tough one. Uh, you know, that's something that's always changing. You know, I, I, and there isn't, I can tell you, there isn't one that I don't like because otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. So, um, but, uh, man, I mean, the bird one is always fun because I feel like, I feel like it's like, we're going in like, like seal team six or something, you know, like it's me and, and my boys and, and we, you know, I've practiced with them. I've, I've trained with them. I've, you know, in some cases I've raised them, you know, since they were babies. So it's like, these are like, we're a team, you know, like we're, we, we've been doing it for so long because, you know, the, 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 the birds, you know, I've had for, for many years and I use them for many years. So it's like I see them, you know, kind of grow up with the act and, and we, we've been able to be all over the world. So it's like just this cool thing. I don't know how to describe it, but that's that's one that that I'll probably always be doing uh, you know, as long as as long as I'm allowed, you know. So, yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, that that one that one for sure just because I you know 
and and I and I start to feel I start to feel bad if I'm not doing the the dove act that much. Where you know I want I want the doves to um to 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 be able to to get their exercise and get their stage time and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, that one. Okay. Um, what has been your favorite like crowd interaction or your favorite? The most notable, like, um, person on stage. Oh, there's, there's been, there's been quite a few. Uh, there's been quite a few incidences, you know. Especially, I do a, I do a show here in Vegas uh, every Wednesday. Uh, that's a close-up show called Black Magic Wednesday, uh-huh. and uh, we only allow forty people. It's a very like exclusive, like kind of secret back room type show, and uh, and because it's in the secret back room of a bar, usually there's you know. There's alcohol involved because you get a free drink with your ticket, right? So it's like uh, that—that's produced some very interesting and memorable experiences with uh, the audience members, as uh, as I'm sure you can imagine. But there was one in particular. It's on—it's on my YouTube. People look it up. I think it's called like "Craziest Chick on Stage" or something. "Crazy Chick on Stage," I called it or whatever. I was in New Zealand, and this chick was on uh, mushrooms or who knows what, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> and she was a bit, she spit off her face on stage and, and, and provided a, a memorable situation, especially at 11 a.m. for a matinee show. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I'll have to go, I'll have to go look at that one. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but. You probably have. I'll have yeah. to go watch it again. <laughs> um, uh, what's your favorite horror movie? My favorite what? Sorry. Horror movie. Oh, uh, The Shining. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, I think I think that's a yeah total Kubrick mad genius. Love it. I feel like there's um every time I watch it, I feel like there's something new I'm seeing. You know. Yeah, I I, yeah I think I could see that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a ghost? I've never seen a ghost, but I do believe and feel that I've, uh, interacted and experienced, uh, whatever you want to call it, a ghost or a a spirit or a force or, or, or whatever, you know, something along those lines. When I was a kid growing up, uh, when my parents divorced, my mom moved to a house across town. And, uh, and we, everybody in my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, myself, all experienced things, uh, independently and, uh, together. So it's not like something like, oh, I, I experienced this. Well, anybody else there? No, it was just me. You know, how do you, how do you believe that? You know, so there were, there were things that we all experienced, even like I said, together, that we remember and not having an explanation for it, you know, so, so to, to sort of back up, you know, and, and, and verify, solidify, however you want to call it, the, 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 the supposed ex- encounter or experience, you know. Okay. That's pretty. <laughs> what fascinates you about aliens? <laughs> Mm, I, well, what fascinates me about aliens is uh, is just a just well, first, just the idea, you know, that we're that we're not alone, and and the idea of we're if we're being visited, 
what 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 and why uh, are 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 some people uh, being connected with and not all of us? Why are we uh, we? Oh, Abby, you gotta go inside. Sorry, the dogs are. Out. You gotta go in the house. You gotta go in the house. <laughs> come on, pups. Oh no, puppies. Come on. Sorry, dude. Dogs got out. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think just that idea. You know, of, of are we alone? We're not alone. Are people, you know, really uh, getting experiences, visits? Are they being abducted? If so, why? Just the whole unknown, you know, to the whole, the whole why and so what and how come and and then the idea, like I said, you know, the idea that we're not alone, you know, because uh, I believe we're not alone, yeah. right? So like, it's like you know. What's then? Then why? Why aren't we? Why aren't we all interacting like Star Wars, you know, or something? You know what I mean? Like, why, why aren't we having a, a most likely cantina experience or something? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Do you go to? Do you go to like a lot of haunted houses, or are you just on tour most? Yeah, I mean, I try to uh, actually most of the time I'm on, I'm on tour, but I try I try to get to, to some and and when I, in, you know, not not this year so much, but in the past when I when I've toured and performed, I've, you know, done a lot of shows at haunted houses. So I, I like to go through and, and and walk through them, see what different haunts are doing differently. You know, how do they present different? I see it kind of like it's almost like an extension of magic because what, what, what they're doing is creating something like magic in a way you know, creating this illusion of, 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 uh, of, you know, the walls closing in on you or, or whatever, you know, you're creating the illusion that you're in this, yeah. you know, dilapidated farm and the old farm house owner is coming after you with a pickaxe and a shovel, you know, just to escape from reality, you know, and the adrenaline rush. I think, you know, the success of Halloween, says a lot uh, about what what people are probably missing in their lives they want that you know that true you know raw adrenaline and stuff within the safety of a of a you know of a haunted house they don't want to be in a real live horror movie you know what i mean yeah yeah oh, that's good all right um yeah which is your favorite haunted house Oh man, I, pro I probably shouldn't answer that. I'm going to piss off some people if I don't <laughs> don't name them. Um, but there's one. Uh, actually, there's one <laughs> I, I, I did up in uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson, Michigan, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Michigan. Sorry, or maybe it's Jackson. Shit, see it now. I'm going to piss them off. <laughs> it's either Jackson or Jacksonville, Michigan. Um, it's called Awaken, and they took like an old car dealership. They bought the building, and so they 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 have it year round so they can build it out really nice they have acreage in the back so it's you the what they've done to the exterior experience and the interior experience i really liked it uh they're, they're doing some fun stuff and and what i like about it is it's, it's a good uh when i say all ages appropriate all ages haunt you know it's not you know we're, it's not something that's like blackout level where they're going to put a plastic bag over your mouth and, and you know torture you like it's a good it, yeah. you know it's, it's it's well done it's cinematic looking you know it's not it's not a bunch of black leaf bags staple guns to the wall with a strobe light from Spencer Gifts you know flashing out like they they put the effort in and uh, it's a you know it's a good good all around one that's uh, that's that I that I really uh, I think they do a really good job okay 
I've heard of that one. I'll have to, to look it up again. <laughs> um, all right, we're almost done here. <laughs> we go. But where do you see your show in 10 years? Oh, I don't even know if I'll be alive in 10 years. I don't look that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look that far ahead, man. Um, but, I mean, honestly, when I can ask questions like this, like, in all, in all reality, like, I've, done, I've already done more than what I thought I would ever do. In, in magic, I just wanted to perform, you know, if I would have still been just doing kid shows right now, but be able to make my living doing it, I'm happy, you know? So like, you know, I don't, I don't need a TV show. I don't need to have uh, a mansion, you know, or my, uh, you know, or my name on a, on a billboard or something, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm just the same, whatever comes to my mind, you know, what people might you know think, but, uh, but I'm cool with just being able to just do shows, you know, and, and, and make a living and, have enough money to be able to go to Disney whenever I want. <laughs> Disney World or Disneyland? Both, both really. There's uh, in my opinion, what's not better than the other, but some aspects are, you know. So like, Pirates of the Caribbean Disneyland, way better than Pirates of the Caribbean Disney World, but Disney World Haunted Mansion, way better than Disneyland Haunted Mansion, you know. So it's like give and take, you know. So both. <laughs> gotcha. I say I have a, I have to pick a favorite because I have a Disneyland tattoo, so I have to say Disneyland oh, okay. my favorite. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, there there is a, a bit of a nostalgia. Um. All right. Still at Disneyland because Walt never actually was at Disney World or anywhere else. You know, that was the baby that started yeah. it all. So I get it. Yeah, that's definitely why is because. It has Disneyland has more what's the word like sentimental value I guess yeah. compared to Disney World, but it's just for me. I mean, just my opinion, I guess. But mm-hmm. okay, so here's the last question. All right. Um, when you were on America's Got Talent and you performed Lifesaver, did you yeah. mean to throw the dental floss at Howie Mandel? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I, I'm, I'm sure the contract is null and void or whatever, uh, statute of limitations, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was totally calculated. Nobody knew that I was going to do that except me, uh, the director and the producer, like the two main producers and the director. We were the only ones that knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody else knew. So that was genuine reaction from everybody. Uh, that was That was all my little... Uh, spiel that was my hook to get them to let me do it because they wanted me to do the bird act but i didn't want to because i'd already done the bird act on tv so many times i just wanted to get good video of of a different act really you know (laughs) so i was like i'm not doing the birds i wanted to do the lifesaver and uh and they said no that's too small and i said well what if i you know did it up close to the judges table they said no we don't let people do that so i really had to kind of finagle it and, and it wasn't until i said but if i go you know if if you let me because back then nobody had nobody approached the judges back then you know nobody ever done that i was the first one to do that so like that was that was now that idea is like everybody fucking does it but back then they couldn't the, the the producers couldn't even wrap their head around that idea believe it or not it was a struggle just to even say well what if i just go down up to the judges they were like whoa 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 you know it was, it was almost like i had corona back then you know i don't have corona now that came out wrong but you know like 
they were like, oh, my God, no, you, like, you're, you're out of your mind. Nobody does that. And I was like, well, why not? And they didn't really have an answer, you know. So I said, well, fuck, let's do it, you know. And, uh, and then I know how he's a germaphobe because in, in my show, I usually spit the lifesaver and throw the floss. So I won't spit the lifesaver because that's, you know, gross, but I'll, I'll toss the floss at him and let's see if he freaks out. And they were like, yo, I like that idea, you know, so <laughs> sure, let's try that. And then the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, right before I talked to you, I watched that video. So, <laughs> well, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I think I've watched it more than a dozen times. <laughs> that's, that's a dozen more than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you much for taking the time to talk to me. It's, right on, Ed. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good luck with the with the podcast and stuff. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to know more about me, just DanSperry.com. That'll portal to Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on TikTok because I don't buy into that nonsense. I think that's that's a scam. So I'm not on that garbage. But uh, I'm on all the other garbage instead. <laughs> so, well- but I follow you. Is that not you? <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, I got. I, I did sign up for one because I didn't want somebody to take. Because I, I get hassled with fake accounts all the time. So I, I I signed up for TikTok to just keep the account active and in my name. But I don't. I don't actively use it. I'll jump on every every month or so to post something, and then I'll delete it off my phone again. You know, it's bad enough having America FBI man listening in on me half the time. Oh, I don't need the Chinese doing it either. <laughs> <laughs> good well um thank you much for talking to me um it's been it's been fun <laughs> right on man yeah thanks and, for having me on. yeah um, could i ask one more favor sure could i could i get you to to say like hey this, this is dan sperry you're listening to foggy jack live podcast yeah man awesome all right here we go Hey, what's up, folks? I'm Shock Illusionist Dan Sperry, the Anti-Conjurer, coming in from Las Vegas, Nevada, and you're listening to the Froggy Jack Podcast. Tell all your little friends about it. Awesome. Thank you much. Right on, man. Yeah, good luck with it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. All right. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Hey, Foggy Jack listeners, I want to tell you guys about the Foggy Jack Live Club. Now, there might be a few misconceptions about this. First off, it is a Patreon account or a Subscribestar account, but it's so much more than just a dollar or five dollars a month. The first thing you're going to get is a video message custom to you, straight to your email, from me, thanking you for joining the club Next, you're going to get free stuff, a pin or a sticker you choose. And then from there, you can get discount codes, uh, behind-the-scenes access to the show, shout-outs on the show, early access to interviews, a monthly Zoom call or a party is what it's going to be, giveaways, there'll be a giveaway once we hit $51 Patreon Foggy Jack Live Club members, or 
10 $5 Foggy Jack Live Club members, and there's going to be so much more. This is more value packed in a Patreon account than you can squeeze into a tube. <laughs> Come, please join the club. It's a dollar or five dollars a month is all I'm asking to come and join the Foggy Jack Live Club. Come down to the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted and join the club today. Thank you. Welcome to the Haunter Shed, where we explore some of our darkest haunt ideas. the haunter's shed today we're going to talk about something that creeps me out personally mannequins well of course they creep you out do you see how you are you know what just just go on to the go on to the topic just just go on take your segment away and leave me alone someone looks like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed you know what take your mannequins and just leave why don't you okay fine i will also, I'm still waiting on that martini that you told me you were going to make. Shut up. Alright, so today we're going to talk about mannequins and setting up a mannequin room. Um, and I'm going to read a story here. So this is called The Mannequin. It was posted by Tesla Toth on Reddit. For the most part, working in a woman's clothing boutique was great. I had a... I got hours when I needed them, time off to visit my sick aunt, solid pay, dental benefits, and discounts on alterations. The only dark mark on the whole experience was Harold, the franchise owner. He was a brash, uncouth, fond of leering at the most shapely customers, and making swine noises behind the backs of the plus-size shoppers. He was a misogynist and an, an afternoon alcoholic. Always reminiscing about his glory days for anyone who would listen, back when he was a sailor in the Royal Navy. It had a different woman in every port. He rolled up his sleeves and flexed his biceps, making the little anchor tattoo dance for all the pretty female clerks. When there was no real woman to Google, he'd turn his attention to the mannequins, squeezing their hard plastic buns, jam his tongue against their permanently shut lips, berate them for getting back to the kitchen and fixing him a sandwich. He had a special infinity for one of he named for one of them he named Julie. Blonde, blue-eyed, elegantly posed with hands on her hip. They said she looked like an old girlfriend, a tanner's daughter in Germany. He reserved his most disgusting abuse for her. He dressed her in lingerie, smacked her around, took her for special trips to his office at the, back, at the back. Once when Harold was especially drunk, I caught him holding Julia's throat and repeatedly punching her abdomen and asking, Why, Julie? Why? Why would you leave him for me? 
he was in a similar state last Friday when I closed up shop for the holiday weekend, leaving him alone in the dark, wallowing in bad memories. I was sure I'd find him there Monday morning, face down in his own sick. But then on Sunday, for some reason, I decided to do some research into the real Julie. It took me a while piecing together the clues I gleaned from Harold's drunken rambles, but I found her. Julie Myers, a blonde and blue-haired, a blonde and blue-eyed tanner's daughter from Woolcast, found murdered in the shipyards in 1969, her case still unsolved. Of course I called the police, but when they arrived at the store, which was which was shuttered and locked from the inside, Harold was nowhere to be found. They figured he must have heard the sirens and escaped through the underground electric tunnels where they were sawing through the gate. Um, a man matching his description was spotted boarding a plane to Hath- Hathrow, though it, added, it had already landed in Madrid before the police caught wind of it. Julie was still, was still there, though, at the back of the store, sporting a sharp new leather sports jacket, one, one that none of us could trace to any section of the catalog. Curiously, it had no tags, but inside I turned. But when I turned it inside out and tore out the lining, I found something tattooed on the leather, an anchor for the Royal Navy. So that was kind of just a, a quick story about, you know, a mannequin and what kind of put us into the pace of what a mannequin um, can do. Um, the way I see setting up a mannequin display or a mannequin room um, would be very decrepit, very old, um, and there is a prop that is made by Nevermore Productions, and it's a mannequin. It's a, they're called living mannequins. Um, they range in price from about twelve hundred to thirty-three hundred dollars, depending on what you want. Um, and on their website, um, it says the quick startle mannequin. This version of the living mannequin only has two movements but packs a real punch. She leans down and looks right towards your eyes in one real quick motion with a smooth and creepy head turn, sure to stop your guests in their tracks. Runs on 90 PSI and 110 VAC. Comes with controller and choice of trigger. Living mannequins. As a guest walked by seemingly harmless mannequins, she instantly comes to life, leaning down and reaching out for her next victim. Six independent movements give this animation an uncanny lifelike motion that is sure to send shivers down your guest's spine and keep them on edge for the rest of the night. Comes complete with controller and your choice of step pad, motion sensor, or push button tr- trigger. Um, and here animation with all the all new mill designs. So there's so I would highly suggest going to look up nevermoreproductions.net and finding their, their mannequins and I would set up a room exactly the way they have it set up. Decrepit, old, and these things just kind of in the corner. Kind of just waiting. Um, I'd have a few set up all looking the same because you know, as a guest walks in, they're going to see these mannequins, and they're automatically going to know that one's going to move. But it's just that anticipation and that, that momentum towards one going off, one moving. And even having an actor in there um, to just kind of play the part as well. Not be a mannequin, but be a um, maybe a crazed tailor or... Um, a dressmaker, um, a mad hatter, 
kind of have something kind of eerie to play off with these mannequins. I think it would be a really interesting room to work on. Um, that would be my overview of um, what these mannequins could do. And I mean, there's almost an infinite amount of things you can do with mannequins if you just have static mannequins. Um, but yeah, take a look at, at Nevermore Productions and um, YouTube them also and see, and see what they got. Um, thank you, and I hope to see you next time where the haunters meet the haunted. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media sites at FoggyJack13. It's the same on all of them, but especially Instagram. That's where we are most active. Please leave a five-star iTunes review if you like the show. It'll help the show out tremendously. Also, please join the Foggy Jack Live Club for $1 or $5. The first giveaway is going to be a t-shirt, just to let everybody know. And I am excited to meet everybody again down at the Pumpkin Patch, where the haunters meet the haunted. Goodbye, and blessed be.